Vincent the Dude, it kind of feels like Tuesday, like my body clock is, is all off coming in here today. How was your Memorial Day? It was great, man. Just uh, grilling and chilling by the pool for three days. It was pretty sweet. We kept it pretty quiet. It was, it was like a nice staycation because yeah. like, not only did we have great weather out here over oh, the weekend, beautiful, but wasn't it? a bunch of stuff, like there was hockey going on, yeah. Obi-Wan dropped on Disney+, Plus. we caught right. a little bit of that. It was all right. Was it? A little cheesy, you know, like the, the okay. it's right, kind of right. cheap looking a little bit oh. in, some, in some regards. Wow. The makeup on right. some of the characters, not so great. But Stranger yeah. Things is back. My wife and I binge Stranger Things season four, and like the last two seasons, they just could not find their way. But like this really? season, they have figured it out. Okay, good, 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 good. I'll have to reconnect uh, with that one. It takes a lot of nods and notes from like A Nightmare on Elm Street this time. There's like oh, this really? big like demon that's infiltrating people's dreams. It's good stuff. Oh, we also finished six-month-long project. So uh, for Christmas, we got this giant, like, AT&T walker as a gift. Someone was gracious enough to give to us. But, like, I've had my seven-year-old working on it. It's like 7,000 pieces. It took about six yeah. months, but he finally finished it over the weekend. A little help from mom and dad, but that's mostly been his project. Yeah, I saw an action shot at that. How long was that? How long did that take you? It took about six, six months. months? Like, I was having him do most of the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of inside to that, too, right? There I mean, is. It's like a play set and a giant model and all that. It's pretty heavy, too. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm just scared, like, the cat's going to knock it over. I think I saw the Titanic behind it while you were doing it. No? Well, I saw your wife's car in the parking lot, by the way. You, you <laughs> have a truck. Wednesday, <laughs> you have a truck. I only have one car and a motorcycle, so we had, a, we had to figure out something. So we're using, we're going down to, uh, USA Truck was kind enough to invite us down to yeah. Ballyhack, Virginia. It's in Roanoke, Virginia. We're going to this nice hotel down there after, right after the show. I think we're jumping out. We're throwing self in the back of your Outback. The Outback's great if you want to beep at us on the road down there. It's got like a peace symbol on the back like this on the back of his wife's Super Outback. Yeah. And these big like purple and pink uh, splash decals. (laughs) It does. It's a gold gold Outback with a uh, psychedelic uh, peace symbol on the back. Completely inconspicuous. (laughs) And three guys inside of, yeah, we we don't look suspicious at all. Well, on the show today, we're going to get into what's up with used truck prices, how weather drives freight, how benefits keep drivers on the ranch, and uh, latest news and weirdness in freight. But before we get to everything, let's tip the band. Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you're ready to seize it. Start re-engineering your supply chain for autonomy today. Contact Locomation at, tell them, dude. Hey, go to uh, locomation.ai for turnkey solutions directly after this show. Hey, let's congratulate this next lady who's coming on. It's Rachel Premack. Rachel recently engaged over Memorial Day weekend. Premax, our editorial director here at Freightways. Rachel, congratulations. Thanks so much. So did you like did you know the question was coming? Like when I proposed to my wife, it was like pretty obvious when it yeah. was gonna happen. Yeah, so I knew that I would be proposed to at some point because we had discussed this. There wasn't like, I wasn't like stunned that that happened. But I we I wasn't sure like when it was going to happen or like if there was going to be some sort of like party or like who was going to be there. But I quickly figured out that there was something happening because Friday I was on the train. I was on the subway in New York. And I saw one of my best friends who lives in San Francisco. Mm. And I feel like she could have played it off a little cooler and been like, oh, you know, just hear her work or whatever. But she just looked at me like like she had just seen like an alien or something. Because the odds of me running into someone on the subway in New York 
in a city of what, eight, 10 million people are so low. And yet somehow we ran into each other. So once I saw her, I knew something, something was going on. Um, but yeah, we got engaged in uh, Battery Park City, uh, or Battery Park, rather, and w- within the view of the Port of Newark. So, um, <laughs> you know, still got that, that, that shipping tie in there. And yeah. then we had a surprise party in, in Manhattan. So it was, it was, it was, it was really nice. Well, are you going to make that meme become a reality? The one that said, you know, take me someplace expensive or I want to have my wedding someplace expensive. And you're just going to have it like at the Port of L.A., the wedding? That would be inconvenient to our Midwest-based families and mm. not particularly charming. Although we are probably <laughs> going to be having it in Pittsburgh. And there's a lot of like, there's like a blast furnace uh, wedding venue that we could pick. I'm not going to go that route, but we could make it super industrial we could we could do it at um, you know we could do it in Allentown, PA, kind of like really plug into the trucking network there. Um, do it in Northwest Arkansas, but no, I think we're gonna pick a pretty traditional venue, unfortunately, to to my fans and detractors. So Pitts, Pittsburgh, you said so it's a destination wedding. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so See, in Pittsburgh, we're eloping. Yeah. <laughs> so his family's in Pittsburgh. My family's in Detroit. So this is kind of like a perfect yeah. middle ground. And we're in New York. So um, it's kind of an ideal middle ground. The prices are a little cheaper than New York. And by little, I mean a lot, a lot cheaper than New York. <laughs> so it's a good. Uh, and the weather's a little more less predictable than it is in Michigan, which it could be snowing, it could be 80 degrees, you, you never know. You know, they said, I remember in 2013 when I got married, and they said the average wedding was like $26,000 at a time. And I was like, how could that be possible? Well, then I started doing a wedding in Boston, and I realized very quickly how that can be possible. Yeah. I wish I had some used trucks to sell to have funded mine. Uh, what is going on in that market, though? It seems like they're dropping like a rock. I was looking at this chart in this article you posted. Let's take a look at this. What's happening here? Yeah. Yeah, so um, this past, uh, I would say the past year and a half, used truck prices have exploded uh, by about two, even three times the Mm. typical price for, you know, a two to four year old truck. Um, So now that things, conditions in the trucking industry are softening and changing a bit, we're also seeing used truck prices decrease. Uh, So... One auctioneer I spoke to said that from Q1 to Q2, he already saw truck prices drop by 20%. So the did he, Wait, Rachel, the, did he talk normal or was he like, and right now, Rachel, those truck prices are dropping 20%. <laughs> <laughs> no, he talked normally. I wish. I wish. I wish. Unfortunately, I didn't speak to any like actual, like, like actual auctioneers. They're all like, you know, executives or pricing analysts yeah. or, or something along those lines. But I would love to. There's a really great NPR um, Planet Money uh, episode where they go to a large equipment auction. And I think that's that's my next mode is going to a large equipment auction. Um, but yeah, going, going back to the original uh, topic of all this. So uh, Taylor Martin, which is who is, uh, you know, the big uh, name in the truck auctioneer space. They said that in in January, we saw trucks being auctioned off for around $70,000. That was kind of the average 
used truck price was around seventy thousand dollars. That was a high in their um that was like an all time high, seventy thousand. And now in April that dropped to fifty thousand. So it's it's dropping pretty quickly. On the other hand, fifty thousand is still incredibly high for a used truck, as you can see from that graph there. Yeah, well, um, these are three-year prices, that. right? And at the top of these three-year prices, we're seeing a hundred and forty-one thousand. If you can see at twenty twenty, yeah, this was like fifty thousand dollars, fifty-five thousand-ish dollars. This is what three x. Right, right, right. So, um, we're going from. He said it went from. 2021, January 2021, average price under 30000 January 2022, $70,000. And, that, and that's just one auction auction um, center, right. you know. I think this used price index is, has a, a little bit more of a larger data pool. Um, but yeah, just the in, intense, incredible interest from people to enter the trucking industry pushed the used truck prices up. There was also... Uh, considerable equipment delays, so people could not easily buy a new truck. Uh, so that's why we; th- those are some of the reasons why we saw used truck prices go up so much. Now that the conditions are softening, the truck prices are also softening, but still abnormally high prices, I should say. Yeah. So used price, used truck prices are starting to come down, which is great if you're in the market for one. But other than that, why why should we care? What is this indicative of? Yeah, so I think there's yet another big sign of uh, the trucking recession and perhaps a larger macroeconomic recession. Um, I think obviously everything we buy and use is moved on a truck. So if retailers and manufacturers are thinking, okay, we don't need as many trucks going forward, that indicates that they also think they're going to be moving less goods. so it's it's all definitely a bit of a leading indicator, I would say, for where the rest of the economy is going. Well, if my email is any indication, Michael Vincent, people are trying to send me like trailers and containers and uh, trucks all the time. And this didn't happen over like the past two years. So yeah. it's uh, it's so if you're in the market for a truck, keep your eyes open. Rachel, before we let you go, let's throw her to the wheel. Oh, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, wheel of stupid okay. questions, Michael Vincent. She's going to nail it this time. I've got, got it. I've got it. All right, Rachel, you ready? Here it comes. What song would wake you up from a demon's trance? A demon's trance. This could also be your wedding song. Could be. Could be like celebrate. Um, celebrate. Um, <laughs> anything by like walk of, walk of flame. Maybe really? that. All right. Wow. She gets yeah. possessed anything. by a demon. We need the walk of flock of flame. There you go. There we go. Have to do it. Rachel, right. what's coming out next on modes? We're going back to big ships, so look out uh, <laughs> in your inbox. Look morning. out, everybody. She's going back in. Yeah, right. that's what I'm giving the people what they want. <laughs> All right. I will stand behind you with a, with a board with a nail in it to fend off um, some of these people on the internet. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for your time today. <laughs> Taking down the big Thank ships. You. Take it easy. I and congratulations. It. Wow. Getting married. Look at that. There you go, man. Kids these days. I remember like in, when I got married in 2013, it was like two years of just like everybody you know getting married. And then like a year oh, later, yeah. it's like everybody I know having There's that time. kids. And next year, Rachel will be entering that, that phase now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ah, just keep things. a random uh, 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 engagement presence in the house to ship Michael out. Vincent, if you've got a family, <laughs> though, you're going to need some benefits, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, what about you do? You benefits can. for trucking? We got Zach. Need those. I see your Schwarzendruber is as big as mine. Hello, Zach. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> hey, what's going on? I love the Spaceballs reference right from the bat. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's funny how those, those movies back in the day were PG, and now you, I have an eight and a half year old and not so PG, right? Yeah, he'll be like, "What's the Schwartz?" And well, you right? Like he doesn't, he doesn't know. What it is. <laughs> I noticed you were kind of a nerd. I saw the comic books behind you. Like I can see the Hulk pretty prominently. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Ironically, my son decided he didn't want those in his bedroom anymore, and I mean, these are too cool to just stick in a closet. So yeah, no, no, put them in the back of the office, and yeah. Why yeah, not? full display. Full, full display. display. Yeah, oh, Captain he's too cool America for comics there, now. Everything. He just wants to make dirty space balls jokes. That's a, Wait, I you, have a seven and a five year old. I know how the boys are. Yeah, wait till they want to hang up Farrah Fawcett. Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. <laughs> uh, you are, speaking of kids, you are multi generational. Aren't you, isn't this company like third generation? Yeah, yeah, we're third generation. My grandfather started our agency 48 years ago, uh, attached uh, closely to one carrier that we've been with still uh, to this day and does great with trucking. Ironically, uh, that relationship in the trucking space started with, you know, a grant of approval to test out the, the trucking industry uh, as clients in the mid eighties. And ever since then, it's been a green light, go ahead. And it's been my favorite industry since I started at age 19 myself. And, uh, you know, I decided, you know, let's, let's not just uh, be, Nothing against any other agency, obviously, out there, but I wanted to go after the trucking industry and help them specifically and be a niche. And it's uncovered so much uh, of a need, especially with those smaller fleets out there and the owner operators, that it's a big struggle that we have learned more and more of the further we've uh, dove into this this exploratory uh, benefits field here. So, yeah. Yeah, so Zach, is is that your niche specifically, and and why the mission? Uh, it seems like towards those smaller carriers. Well, it's an abundance of the transport industry, so mm-hmm. it's we don't avoid any conversation with any uh, size fleet or any trucking company out there. But what we've found, and uh, we decided to go one hundred percent all in. Let's let's help trucking specifically. Uh, thanks to the pandemic, which not a lot of people can say thanks to the pandemic, right? Uh, and we've uncovered so much that literally nine, 90 to 95% of the small trucking companies out there that we have conversations with, they have little to no benefits. Typically, the answer is we have no benefits. And it, it's really shift to uh, an exciting thing for us to help my favorite industry uh, as a family business and, and follow along with that legacy to there's a there's a big issue that we're trying to solve and the passion has increased uh, tremendously over the the last 2 years specifically as we've really focused on the the trucking industry. Yeah, I found that a lot of these smaller carriers are behind in things like benefits because if you think about it a lot of these companies are built while the truck is rolling down the street, right? Yeah, starts guy gets true. his authority, he gets his first truck, he starts driving, he realizes he can book more loads, he hires people, but this guy may not or this girl may not be the best business person in the world or they may not understand the back end of benefits of all those things. How do you help that person up who doesn't really know business but they want to run a trucking business? So, the really cool thing about what we've built and we call it the BFT benefit package, uh it, it fits nine out of 10 situations that we face in these conversations is we've uh, graciously been able to align ourselves with a couple more carriers out there that allows even the the smallest fleet of two to have an entry point regardless of their budget availability. And that's been the, the really tough thing for a lot of these small fleets and small businesses across the United States in general is paying half of the cost of a health insurance plan can be really expensive and 
they want to keep the door open. They want to keep uh, those settlement checks going out. They want to keep those payrolls processing every single week and benefits become a side burner situation, even though they know for their growth strategy, they need to have some type of benefits. Uh, you can leave and drive a truck really anywhere, which is why you see so much turnover in the industry. And we want to help those small fleets become as attractive to the, the driver population regardless of what their budget is. So literally from, from zero to whatever they want to spend on a benefits package, uh, we bring the house just the same as we would with a big fleet. Yeah. So Zach, what are the biggest mistakes that these uh, companies are looking at or, or thinking, uh, making decisions on uh, when, when trying to decide on those benefits? Is it that it's too expensive or that it should be this ancillary type of thing? I think all of us have experienced the increase in the pricing over the last 10 years. Uh, and then the risk is going up. So that was a big thing for us is how do we find the solution to get past that that price point situation that is is this biggest sticking point that any small business owner, including myself, when we're looking at benefits for our own business, is like what's what's reasonable within our, our price point for our budget, but also brings a value point to the employees because the, the worst case situation that you could put yourself in is you have that that five thousand dollar deductible plan that you're spending gosh, north of $600 a month on mm. and nobody sees value in it because they're avoiding going to the doctor. Uh, they just, they know that if they have a family, there's three of them, uh, two of them hit out of pocket. That's $10,000. Even thinking, you know, a lot of these, uh, younger drivers and families that want to expand their families, but who wants that? That's a huge bill. So they really have to plan ahead because you have a child and now your, your deductible is 5,000. Plus if your child gets admitted to the hospital in level two nursery, for example, now you got a $10,000 expense, which Oof. is crippling to a lot of people. So we have zero deductible plans that we attached ourselves with to avoid that, that medical treatment avoidance that is kind of cursing everybody across the nation. And I'm in that same boat. I think uh, a lot of us in general don't want to go to the doctor. Uh, and especially like during the pandemic, obviously that was a big situation. Nobody wanted to go. So, but now instead of walking into the clinic and having a $300 expense, we have zero deductible and co-pays that we set things up with. And that has been a game changer since we got that in place. And we've had that uh, solution since about November of last year. And we have, we have six small fleets that are signing up uh, just within this next two weeks, just to get that off the ground. And it's a mix of owner operator fleet and uh, employee driver fleet. So we are able to tackle both sides of the equation. So nobody's left out of uh, the opportunity there. Well, I mean, look, drivers have it brutally. I, I've, mm. I know a few drivers have gotten sick. Well, they've been out on the road. They have to park yeah. their truck. They're not making any money when the wheels aren't turning, you know, and if you're the primary breadwinner of your family, that's, that's gotta be devastating. And you know oh, what? God, I think yeah. it, it it's very negative towards the health. Cause as you mentioned, it keeps drivers from going in for those checkups and doing more routine lookouts. So they wait until things get really bad. Then they're down for three, four weeks at a time, taking care yeah. of major health issues. Is supplemental insurance pretty big in this space? Oh yeah. That's, that's kind of our grassroots. We yeah. started in that space as a family agency yeah. and okay. to compete, especially uh, I'm an old millennial, you know, I'm in my last year, my thirties and the millennial population and even Gen Z, they, with all of the, uh, the studies that have gone out out there, they want options. You want to have a full menu. So it's not just health insurance. Health insurance obviously is vital. And, and you want to have that as kind of your, your foundation that you bring in, 
but we make sure that they have income protection options with disability coverage, life insurance to protect the family, supplemental health plans, uh, critical illness and accident are in the top five most desired benefits right now. So even those carriers that are out there that have a health plan and a dental plan in place and they kind of stop the ball rolling from there, we, for again, for no cost, we can bring in the, the full competitive menu, even like CDL legal plans. Those are a big thing to make sure CSA scores are protected. So not only are we doing health, we're doing a full menu. And then we've built some really cool relationships for resources outside of just the benefit menu to make sure that these small fleets have uh, outsourced HR. So like you mentioned, you have the, the owner of the company is still driving a truck. It's super common. Uh, when we're calling uh, these these companies on DOT uh, information that's out there in public, we're getting cell phones in the pocket. You know, a lot of times they're just answering it on the headset while they're driving down the freeway. So we want to make sure that we have the back office support on HR solutions. Uh, we partnered up with a trucking fitness company, which is really exciting. We have that mm. integrated into our health plan now. So it's the nutrition. I think he's been on your show. The the nutrition and the uh, the fitness guidance for the, the truck drivers. And he's expanding that into the office staff, the warehouse, et cetera. So, yeah, we want to make sure that you, if you're driving here with the, you know, family owned, just like we are smaller business, smaller fleets, that you have that same opportunity to protect yourself, your family, your business than you do if you went to a, a thousand, two thousand fleet uh, carrier out there as an option. So so we, we're going to help these small trucking companies grow and, and retain those those valuable drivers that are so hard to get right now. Yeah, Mark writes for us over at backthetruckup.com. Mark yeah. Winner, he does yeah. a weekly uh, health article, and he's a monthly guest on this show. Yeah. He has some great information. Check him out. Now, before we let you go and we send you back out into the wild, our stupid question of the day is, and this is, I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things season four yet. This isn't really a spoiler, but what song would wake you up from a demon's trance? Oh, my gosh. I was watching when you were asked this question earlier. Yeah. Oh, I, I'd probably have to say something that would... You know, remind me of my wife, and this is going to be hilarious. And that's going to be anything Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you need to be reminded <laughs> of our Swiftie. CEO and founder, Craig Fuller. Taylor Swift would do that as well. Yeah. Well, how can you be <laughs> right. trans and listen to it? You, gotta need, you, you need some Taylor Swift. You'd have to get up at least to change the radio station. <laughs> well, Zach, where do people go to learn more? Yeah, shake it off. <laughs> uh, benefitsfortrucking.com. Uh, if you want to specifically see that health plan that we, we are, are offering to those small fleets, protectmydrivers.com will take you right there directly. Otherwise, you can click on it right through our website. But benefitsfortrucking.com, uh, I don't think it gets more simpler than that. Thanks, Zach. See, he had great instincts when answering that one, too. Now, I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things Season 4. but I have not yet. But using love or good memories to counterbalance the evil of the oh, demon. Oh, see, I was thinking he was problem. going after it would be so bad he'd have to get up to change the channel. Oh, that could be it. That could be it, too. Just, He'd have to wake up. What would you pick? How It would be uh, anything from the Ramones or uh, War Pigs. Yeah. I had a different choice, but after he said that, I don't know, maybe Be My Baby by the Ronettes. I don't know. We, we Ooh, did that at my wedding. That would wake me up. Yeah. yeah there little you Phil Spector did Mystified. that one, too. Mystified. You know, Phil Spector? was my wedding song. He ran into a little trouble later on in his life, but uh, yeah, he, did. You know, he was a good producer. He did. All right, Scott Percarella, talking about predicting the weather, that's tough. Founder and CEO at Weather Optics. We actually caught him at Future Supply Chain. Uh, I was going to say a little while earlier in this month, but we're in June now. Earlier in month, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Scott, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, guys. What's going on? Good to be here. Where are you uh, hanging out right now? Are you on the road? That looks kind of hotelish. I am in, uh, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn, New York right now. Interesting. You are you are you yeah. out there for uh, Rachel Premax engagement? Is that what happened? <laughs> I I'm not here for that. No. 
<laughs> well, Scott, how was your... Look, we ran into each other. I think we got a picture of this from Future Supply Chain, if oh, you throw we? that up there. Oh, there we ran is. into each other. How was your experience oh, at, this, at this event? About a year ago, you started getting this company off the ground, really stepping on the gas with it. And a year later, you, I think, I believe this was sort of your first show running a booth, was it not? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was our first in-person business conference and our first, you know, obviously in-person FreightWaves event. It was fantastic. I mean, the people there were, were so nice and, and great and we got some good exposure. We did the seven minute rapid fire demo, which, you know, I was incredibly nervous about, but it, it ended up going really well. And, and having a booth there was, was fantastic also. Yeah, those seven minutes uh, can go by really, really fast or go really, really long, depending on how that presentation <laughs> is going, yes. right? Yeah. You got exactly. any tips for anybody who's thinking about doing that next? What was your, your biggest uh, tip for that? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, before the, the demo, just, you know, relaxing, I was backstage right. with a couple of people from flight waves and just taking some deep breaths and, uh, you know, being, being confident and it went well. And I think in general at the conference, I mean, I, I thought what was really great was the stuff outside of the conference as well. Um, you know, what, what Arc best did with the top golf golf event and, and some of the, the, the parties that you guys hosted, those, those were great for networking also. So the, the whole thing all around was, uh, was really great. No, I, I feel like you learn a lot of these events just from the questions people yeah. ask you, and you were running a booth over there. Uh, tell people what Weather Optics is, and, and let us know kind of what the reception was from people who came by your booth. Yeah, definitely. So kind of at its core, we, we take your average weather forecast, and, and we translate it into valuable insights that businesses can, can understand and know exactly how weather is going to impact their operations. Uh, and we like to say that you know we're the only weather company that doesn't really forecast the weather because, you know, as much as I like the weather, uh, I'm, I'm largely in the minority and, and people care more about, um, you know, how their operations are going to be impacted than when the winds are going to be 45 miles per hour. So instead of just giving you rainfall and snowfall forecasts, in addition to that, we're telling you things like, you know, how delayed your shipments are going to be or, or what the chances are that power goes out or how warehouses and consumer demand are going to be impacted, uh, making it really easy for any business to, to understand and, and use weather data. So, Scott, one of the things that I found really interesting about what you guys do is it's not just weather data, right? I mean, you're talking about, you know, you got the risk scores and that type of stuff, but it's not 45-mile-an-hour winds or snow, but even the uh, the data or the uh, different uh, aspects of the area where it's being affected, can they handle that type of weather and stuff like that? Can you talk to that kind of data that's in there as well? Yeah, definitely. So, we have this kind of almost like a social score, right? So, the classic example we always like to give is, is an inch of snow in Chicago is totally different than an inch of snow in Atlanta. Um, drivers react differently. Towns and, and cities react differently. So a lot of that stuff is baked into the data that we produce. Um, and we use things like you know tree height and density, distance from river, real telematics data. Uh, we have some crazy new variables that we account for, like, like slope, uh, slope of a roadway or slope of a highway. So really detailed data points that allow us to then do that translation. So you know, if it's going to snow three inches, what does that mean for this city? Um, you know, how is the slope affecting that? How, how are the trees around an area uh, potentially affecting, you know, conditions on the roadway or power outages um, or anything that we kind of uh, predict? No, and that makes a lot of sense. And if you think about a traditional forecast, like yeah. you mentioned, that's just from the perspective of people are going to be on the right, it's yeah. on the road. It's super broad. It's super generalized. And you're taking a niche and turning this this data and this information into actionable stuff that people can actually use. But you said something interesting. You said most people don't care about the weather. Why do you care about the weather? Yeah, I'm. I'm like I said, I'm. I'm definitely in the minority. I I've been super interested, and in, and you might 
call it obsessed with the weather since I was, you know, six or seven years old. Um, I, I have maps that I created, uh, weather maps that I created when I was, you know, seven or eight. Uh, and it's just always been a, a passion of mine. I've always found it fascinating. Uh, I started a, a blog when I was around 13. It was, it was actually called Wild About Weather. Uh, and so it's always just been like a passion of mine. And uh, I actually took that blog and, and uh, you know, gained a following and an audience. And, and that ultimately was kind of the seed for what Weather Optics is today. So about three or four years ago, I transitioned that blog into something that was more business appropriate. So we changed the name from Wild About Weather to Weather Optics. Uh, we turned it into more of a tech company. We hired a, a bunch of data scientists and developers. And um, now our mission is to kind of just develop these innovative, interesting products that really get at the the core of why people should care about weather, you know, sort of the way I, I care about weather. So, so Scott, in, in your journey, uh, have you uh, picked up any partnerships uh, thus far or are there any other plans? Yeah, absolutely. We have we have a couple of really big partnerships that that we've announced. Um, Here Technologies is one of them. We announced that uh, about a year ago. Uh, they're obviously a routing provider, and, and and we use a lot of their data, and similarly, they use our data. Most recently, we we announced a partnership with Descartes MacroPoint, which is super exciting for us. Um, obviously, they're a massive logistics provider in in, in the technology space, uh, and so all of our risk scores are now available on that platform. Uh, for freight brokers, 3PLs, truckers to really access and have an understanding of, of when loads might be delayed or when they should or shouldn't pick up loads, how they can adjust times, things like that. Uh, and we have a couple more big ones in the works uh, over the next couple months. Scott, can we really control the weather? Why are there conspiracy theories surrounding HARP? Oh, we do control it. HARP, HARP has been, uh, you know, I, even when I was younger, I, I remember hearing things about HARP controlling the weather. To my knowledge, to my advanced weather knowledge, I don't believe they're controlling the weather, but I think if you go, you know, deep enough on on TikTok and Twitter and, and Reddit, um, you might be able to be convinced otherwise. You nobody's seeding the clouds. Is that not happening? That, no, that, 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 that does happen. They, right? I thought that was for real. They used to do that. They totally used right. to do that. They used to yeah. seed hurricanes to enhance the precipitation rate before hurricanes, uh, you know, reached reached land. That ended up being a huge environmental issue, uh, and so they no longer <laughs> seed hurricanes. But it was something that they tried, and uh, it works sort of. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't doesn't work anymore. Scott, gotcha. is weather getting worse and uh, more aggressive or, or longer lasting? What is going on in weather? We hear sort of conflicting things on there, but it seems just anecdotally looking around, it seems like it's getting kind of worse. Yeah, I mean, listen, we have we have limited history of, of what we know about the weather, right? But in that limited history. There's, there's certainly a trend in, in increased poor and disruptive weather conditions. Uh, we're seeing hurricanes that are a little bit stronger. We're seeing severe weather events, severe thunderstorms that, that pack more of a punch, snowstorms that are more severe. So the general trend has been for, for worse weather, definitely. And we're also seeing, and I talked about this last time with, with, uh, with you guys, but we're seeing mm -hmm. shifts in, in trends as well. So you know, Tornado Alley is notorious for these severe thunderstorms happening in April and May and, and even March sometimes. We're not seeing a whole lot of that anymore. But what we are seeing is an increase in severe weather in places like Pennsylvania and Maryland and New Jersey. Um, so these kind of, you know, uh, scary trends of, of perhaps more severe weather coming into more populated areas is something that, that we're certainly noticing. Scott, is there a favorite uh, weather event uh, of yours? Like, I, I love to, I love the pictures from space of like hurricanes and stuff like that. Oh. And I think flying through one would be really just badass and see the wall. Is there something that's just yeah. like that is my, that is my love, the the twister or whatever it is. 
that's a tough one. That's a really, that's a, that's a difficult question. I, I think that uh, snow events are still the best. I mean, when it snows here in Brooklyn, I'm, I'm out throughout all hours of the night if it's happening during, during the nighttime. Uh, thunderstorms in the summer are also just amazing. Um, you know, a nice relaxing thunderstorm if, if it can be relaxing for you, but, um, any weather event, you know, I just find really fascinating, but, but snowstorms and, and thunderstorms in particular, I think, I think are, are great. It's been combined, right? Hasn't, has there been more thunder snow than usual or is it just more people have like cell phones in their pockets to record it? No, no, you're right. You guys, you guys are on top of, of the weather trends there. There have, there have been more thunder snow reports, um, particularly in, in, in bigger cities. Um, and, and thunder snow is something I've never experienced, but, uh, there's a guy on the Weather Channel, Jim Cantori, who's yes. like notorious for thunder snow. He's been in like I don't know, ten or twelve different live camera events where he's caught in some kind of thunder snow, and and so it's it's certainly it's definitely a thing. Yeah, and he always freaks out every time. Yes, I think the thing that would freak me out would be a haboob. Have you ever been involved in a haboob out west? The big no, walls I, I have of, not. of dust coming that are thing. I think I learned that on uh, Weather Channel or something mm-hmm. like that. That that looks yep, like yep. end of earth type of stuff, right? That is that is end of earth type of stuff. Um, you know, during the Dust Bowl, they had that happening uh, definitely a lot, and, and it still happens sometimes out west. So, Scott, how come a company though, like why you never want to be a weather reporter, stand out there in a slicker, you know, in, in a rainstorm or out in the hurricane getting blown around? Even fake. I I definitely I definitely <laughs> did. I mean, I have videos of myself. As, get on as your knees in the puddle and have you just kind of like row by. <laughs> Well, we could get a fan and he could sit, stand on his knees in the pool oh, yes. and we could fake the I whole could. thing. I could still fulfill that dream. Yeah. If, if you guys want to make it happen, I'm, I'm happy. You could have to, one of your, 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 of, your son uh, could roll a Tonka by him or something. Well, I have a few. I mean, I have a, I have a fog machine under here. You I have do. a snow machine underneath this desk right now. And I've got juice. Right, so we both. have multiple, multiple types. Yeah. Multiple oh, yeah. types of weather. We can do a full yeah. weather report. I'm Absolutely. interested if you guys are interested. I think we Wait, do. Let me ask you, Michael Vincent. Yes, so sir. you've you've ran some docks before. How disruptive yeah. can the weather be? What what does a big hurricane do to operations? Oh, it can. It, it's really bad, especially if you're in a network that is not movable. So yeah. I was in uh, ocean shipping in uh, out of South Florida into the Caribbean, right? And so we we planned for it. We had uh, massive generators. We could self sustain our operations in South Florida for up to two weeks by ourselves, right? Wow. And we also had uh, warehouses full of food. We had uh, all the necessary things. Uh, helicopters, um, satellite phones, et cetera, to go descend on the islands to assess and get things going. So it can be hugely devastating to certain places. That's quite the operation. A- absolutely. Scott, what does uh, the season look like <clears throat> this this summer and, and into the fall? Are, are you anticipating some big weather events? Yeah, I mean, we're so today marks the first day of hurricane season. Um, and again, wow. expecting a kind of above average season. Starts early. It's 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 a long season as well, and and mm. what we've seen is actually like it's it's moved earlier and earlier. Uh, the last couple of years, we've seen some May tropical systems. Um, we think there's going to be something happening in the Gulf, uh, perhaps this weekend with with a Whoa. tropical system. There was one uh, in the Pacific. It crossed over through Mexico. It's now redeveloping uh, near the the Yucatan Peninsula. So this weekend in southern Florida, it might already be you know some kind of tropical system passing through. But yeah, in general, this this summer. Uh, above average season again, and, and some of those coastline areas are going to have to have to be careful. Wow, those are devil storms in the in the islands. If you go into the Caribbean, you'll notice that most of the ports or all the ports are on the western side of the islands because the storms come from 
the East West, the ones that come backwards, like yep. wrong way Lenny, I think in the nineties, absolutely devastating late nineties, I think, or early two thousands wrong way. Lenny came through and just destroyed uh, Charlotte a mile. We had thousands of containers yep. at the bottom of that port because of that situation. Yeah. I think those happen more in the early and later seasons though, right? The, the wrong way. Definitely. Yep. Especially in like October, you know, you get some of those or, or yeah, late in the hurricane season. I mean, you had like Hurricane Sandy, for example, which wasn't wrong way, but uh, took a, a very bizarre turn. So later in the season, when kind of the, the upper level, you know, wind patterns are a little bit different, you get more of those kind of uh, unique storm systems, storm tracks. Yeah. You find that local, the, the, you know, getting the local weather is much more accurate than the national. And, and is that kind of what you guys are doing there, kind of having that more granular data instead of trying to satisfy the entire nation is, is much more, uh, it's advantageous. I remember being in South Florida uh, when Charlie came through and the national weather saying, hey, it's going to hit up by Tampa while I'm hunkered down in Naples, Florida, and it's coming ashore, you know, as I'm watching them right. say it's not, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. The, the localized kind of more granular forecasts are super important, especially when we, you know, work with companies where that really matters, like, you know, autonomous trucking, um, telematics companies, those kind of really granular real-time forecasts are super important. Of course, we also do like the macro level stuff. Um, we have companies that care just about specific regions. So we try to give you everything that you could possibly want, but the granular forecasts are certainly, you know, really important in, in certain situations. Huh. Well, interesting stuff. We got yep. one last question for you before we let you go. All right. <laughs> Demon has you in a trance. What song would get you out of it? Yeah, this is a tough one. I heard it in the last interview and I still really couldn't think of anything. But, you know, I'd pick something maybe relaxing and, and nice, kind of like you guys were saying before, perhaps uh, a Beatles, like uh, maybe maybe yesterday by the Beatles or oh, something, something that that's going to be a, a, a mellow kind of transition from from that terrible state into, into something better. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Well, right. Scott, hey, where do people go to reach out and learn more? Uh, visit us at our website, uh, weatheroptics.co. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Follow me anywhere. Uh, and, uh, yeah, always happy to talk about the weather. Beautiful. Excellent stuff. Beautiful. Love, Love it. it. Thanks, Scott. Thank you so much for your time today, Scott. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Let's get into a little news and news of the weird. Rooster and Justin may show up. Who knows? Who knows? You I don't know. know. Why aren't they here? I I was late my, for delivery. I don't think it was my was it my turn to watch them today. I'm gonna it nail them with a chargeback. I'm giving both of you guys chargebacks. Could be. Well, see, I see there. Rooster's you put head me in just charge showed up. Have, he's still getting a chargeback. I mean, he's five minutes late. He's getting a chargeback. I don't even results. see Super Trucker yet. So I don't even when he know comes up, we'll talk to him. Rooster, come on up here. What's going on, man? Twelve thirty-five's check-in, dude. We've been sitting back there waiting on y'all. All right. All right. They said no <laughs> Justin or Roosters. That's what my screen says right here. It says no Justin or Rooster. Well, hey, happy to see you. Look, we got a first. We'll show a video here. We, I don't know where Justin is. We'll, we'll show it whenever we do. Let's take a look at this video that we're looking at. Is This is this person. In 40 years, driving clean, this gentleman oh, right here. He gets into, uh, well, he didn't do anything. This car came out of nowhere. That Tries to get insane. past the FedEx, gets stuck underneath that FedEx truck. This guy's like, ugh. What a day. Now, have you ever been in an accident like that? How, what's the longest you drove accident-free? Actually, uh, te technically, quote-unquote, I am accident-free, but there was this one time in Chicago, a, uh, a parking bumper got hidden below some snow, and I caught it with the bumper. That was way back in my J.B. Hunt days. So is this guy, guy going to get charged with an accident for that? 
Who the guy who cut? Yeah, is it non-preventable, right? At best, I would imagine. Uh, well, we get super truckers here. Justin, can you hear us? That, Thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up, sir. Anytime. What do you got? What do you got in your hand? He's oh, is got that a your microphone? microphone. Look at that. This is my mic. All right, let's show this video one more time. I just want to ask Justin, too, about his uh, his accident record here. So this guy, he says, this redder says his dad drove 40 years, accident-free. This moron in the four-wheeler drives in front of him, gets knocked under the FedEx truck. Have you been in, in any accidents? What was the uh, what was the longest uh, clean record you've had? Uh, I had one guy run a red light, uh, clip my front bumper, nothing major. And I had one guy, I was parked, and he pulled out, made a left turn, uh, smacked into the front of my truck. I think that was... That guy was seven years ago, and the other guy was a year before that. So I had about a eight year eight year streak accident free. Okay, so that is, does that tarnish your record at all, or is there an asterisk there because it was non preventable, but it's still on the record? Nah, because you're not held at fault or anything. You know, okay. nothing. Nobody's injured. You know, it's just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the cops won't even show up. All right, it's good. So this guy still got four years. And you're good. So we yeah. opened I mean, the show. It's annoying. We opened the show talking about our uh, Memorial Day weekends. Vincent and I had very quiet ones, not at the same place. But uh, this couple didn't. Let's take a look at a TikTok here. Signs that you might be in Alabama. You and your girlfriend get into an argument, and she crashes your tractor trailer into your mobile home. Wow. (laughs) All right. Yes, that would be a good sign. Justin, what happened in, uh, what what did you say? This was Alabama. What happened on Memorial Day in Alabama? Yeah, I'm from Florida, so I got no problem picking on the South. Um, yeah, they just uh, got into a heated argument, and uh, she got this truck and was like, I've had enough. Smashed right into him. Well, the story <laughs> said it was it was her truck. Now, I got to ask you something, Rooster. Have you dated any trucker girls or, or boys before? It is 2022. No. <laughs> have they taken a truck and tried to run over your house? Uh, no, unfortunately, I'm, I live in Georgia. That's Florida and Alabama. We have a little bit of decency here. Little bit, a little, a little bit more. I mean, be, because wait, she could have just hooked up and drove it away, right? <laughs> Two other people were in this house too at the Memorial Day party, sleeping when she crashed into <laughs> when she crashed into it. No one injured. Only the, the guy himself was injured. The other ones weren't. It says that. Oh, it says the truck was in bobtail mode. Yeah, we saw that from the picture. Yeah, was, we did uh, say that. that. Was there was cool. not. It was a tough weekend for the image of truckers, though, yeah. wasn't it, Justin? What happened mm-hmm. here with uh, with this meth trucker? I think we have one more video. If you go to like any truck stop, you know, they still have, uh, you know, caffeine pills that you can buy. But as far as like the, the days of like guys in Jersey, you know, smoking meth and then running to Colorado and back over a weekend, those those days are done. You know, the, that, the cowboy stuff is long gone. <laughs> and it says Florida truck driver charged with using meth. I think when he was pulled over too, he was like, uh, yeah. he was a Cape Corral driver. He was where was it a Publix that he got he, in trouble? He hit the in back Blake? of a Publix. He hit a pickup. Then the cops say, hey, what's going on? He said, I don't know. I was just smoking some meth. And then Justin, is this happened. Lakeland, yeah, Florida? This is Lakeland, Florida. This track. So I've been to Lakeland. <laughs> yeah, it's right where Publix is headquartered, and it looked like yeah. he was um, just making a delivery there. And the police thought he was having a medical emergency, so they. Went in to check on him, and the best excuse he could come up with, I was just smoking my meth pipe. <laughs> That's not an excuse. Is that an excuse? That's like admitting, you know. So have you? So you mentioned the uh, what? What you find on the countertop at the truck stop, right? We have to take a long drive down to Virginia now. Which ones of those things would you recommend? Should we take the like the caffeine pills? Uh, should we take the horny goat weed? Like, what, what should we be taking off that counter? Right, no, it's all dudes in the, the, the so. Delta Eight. I. 
I've seen how much caffeine you drink in a day. I would go with like three of those purple five-hour energy extra strong shots for you. <laughs> uh, Michael, you could probably get by with just like a small coffee. There you go. I'd wow. Stay away from the meth, though, is what you're saying. <laughs> you know, you jinxed Florida, man, by talking shit on the uh, New Jersey guy. I know. I know. Is what you did. Well, Rooster, you heard him here. He was kind of, you know, he's trying to put a good face on trucking on that podcast interview he did. And he's like, nah, no Cowboys, no math, no nothing. He gets proven wrong over Memorial Day. Uh, what is your take on that? Is there still, do you see a lot of drugs out on the road or improprietary? Uh, unfortunately, there's more going on that a lot of people don't know about. But yeah, it's not as bad as, you know, probably about the 60s or 70s, but there's there's still some drug use out there. I mean, that's the whole reason they brought up the clearing house. And, you know, that they're complaining, you know, it took 10,000 drivers off the road for being caught with marijuana. Well, you know, driving under the influence is driving under the influence, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that, I'm most worried about like the, 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 the. What's that? I'm most worried about like the meth and the cocaine oh, yeah, yeah, or absolutely. heroin or down. Well, it keeps you artificially pain. awake, right? I mean, they used to feed soldiers <sighs> meth in World War II. Yeah. Well, drivers, right? You guys, is it, Bruce, you're doing for 15 years, man. Your ass has to hurt. Your body has to hurt at times, right? I, I could imagine painkillers could be pretty alluring at times to some drivers out there because your wheels aren't moving. You're not making money. Well, luckily, I'm just. Most of I ever done was like 800 milligram ibuprofen. I mean, it's yeah. not. You know, I've never had to go into the oxys, the Percocets, the Soma, stuff like that. You know, uh, knock on wood on that. Well, yeah, someone not, who, who has gotten himself into trouble before, that it's not a good path to go down. You're only going to have to take more and more of that stuff. It's not going to. It's not going to cure your issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> hey, Rooster, sure. let's talk about something. Uh, well, I guess that was important, but let's talk about something else <laughs> important <laughs> here. Uh, it's summer, so union contract season begins. I we all know about the international longshoremen. Everyone's uh, worried about that. They know that uh, the international longshoremen, like you put automation in here. You know, we're not doing anything. The port wants automation. There's there's so much drama going on can you fill us in give us a brief synopsis of what contracts are on the line right now well today uh, was the deadline for international teamsters with the car hauler union mm -hmm. uh, we just like you said port the port union that comes up on the in the month we also have the railway workers union the right-of-way workers union that one's coming up pretty quick so uh, it's going to be a little bit interesting when the supply chain trying to start back up. Uh, is everybody going to be in place and ready when it does? Or are we going to have walkouts, lockouts, shutdowns, strikes, all that good stuff we, you know, dealt with about eight years ago? Did the car holders avoid a shutdown last night? Midnight was shut was the deadline, right? Really? I have not heard anything off of Teamsters website. I know okay. uh, Clarissa Halls was also monitoring that situation. I haven't seen her putting anything out. So maybe they're still negotiating. They have, you know, I've, I got the alert set for a general strike warning, but I have not seen anything yet. Now, gotcha. how much? So I, I'm not entirely familiar with the car, hauler, car haulers union. Are all cars moved via trucks through the car haulers union, or what percentage of cars are moved that way? According to Teamsters, I believe about 76% is actually moved by train. Oh. The, mm. There's seven companies that are up under the Teamsters car hauler division. Casein is one. Uh, I believe it's uh, Jack Dempsey is a, 
another one out of Missouri. There's five smaller companies that you know do spot moves, stuff like that, you know, Kavana stuff. But yeah, a lot of us going to train, and you know, and car haulers are also feeling threatened by the train since the trains have now went to three levels of cars per per unit instead of just the two levels. So they you know big advantage to move stuff by rail right now. Yeah, you see those moving out of Chattanooga with Volkswagen here all the time. Really, out yeah. through Hickson, the three yeah, level makes sense. ones. Makes yeah. sense. You know, I learned that when I was doing the the Falcon story. I was talking to to Falcon and the shutdowns, what's going to happen with the equipment. Yeah. But th- those guys were like, well, most of it comes by train. That's why we're here. Because as Rooster just said, most of it comes by rail. We're kind of yeah. like the final mile of the car or like the, the middle mile of the car where yeah. most of it's going by yeah. Yeah. train. Uh, something that came up. This was a debate that came up online. I saw it on Reddit. Hmm. I saw it on our Twitter. You, I've heard it from drivers before, but I, was, I didn't know that people felt so strongly about this. There's some people who say that backhaul is a dirty word. They're like anti-backhaul <laughs> absolutists. Now, if you ask me, I haven't driven a truck, but it just seems, but I have run businesses before, and it seems like I'm not going to cut my nose to spite my face. If a backhaul makes sense economically to get my truck in the right position, I can make some money. <coughs> I don't know why it's a bad thing. Rooster, what are your thoughts on this? You wrote about it. Three basic loads. You have head haul, which is your prime rate, your big money runs. You have backhaul, which is the loads when you get stuck out in the middle of nowhere, there's really no other choice but to take that load. It's usually a discounted rate, sometimes even half the, the price of the prime rate. And there's always the third option, that's the deadhead, which, you know, cross your fingers, you might get something from the broker or the carrier if they feel nice to you. Sometimes, you know, you just have to, you know, bite the bullet, take the fuel receipt, and go run a couple hundred miles empty to get to a better lane. But uh, a lot of people hate backhaul. Really, it's more of the brokers have leveraged the situation where – you either take this load or you got a deadhead out. And, you know, you look at some of the places where, you know, backhaul's big, you know, the rates are like 125, 135 a mile. Is it fair to blame the broker for that, though? I mean, it's mostly just supply and demand, right? I mean, you're coming out of South Florida. Yeah, they, they they're just well, not that much coming out of there. And you got a leveraging supply and demand. Well, I, I mean, it's, yeah. So, what, what, Justin, what are your thoughts on that, man? You hear a lot of drivers complain about this backhaul thing. To, I mean, to me, it makes sense, but I also understand yeah. what Rooster's saying about... So do I. I think that the real issue isn't, like, the business decision behind backhaul. It's actually just the leverage that it can present against a uh, trucker, although that leverage also seems like a reality of, you know, the, the capacity and demand market of, of freight. What are your thoughts, Justin? Yeah, so as a driver, you know, I never owned a truck, so I never had to worry about finding a load to get home. I was always dispatcher's job. And some of the loads that they try to get you to get home, they got to be really creative. You know, I drove for a company based in California. I lived in Florida. So we'd be in like Los Angeles and all they would have would be, you know, raisins going to Publix in Florida. So your, your backhaul all the way back to Florida would just, you know, freight that you're not used to hauling, that you don't like hauling. You're going to places you don't like to go to and trying to get you back to work. They either have to get you something out of South Florida where I lived, or they would just tell you to park the truck in Georgia at my dad's house. And then they'd find something next week for me. Yeah. Or deadhead a couple of markets over to get something. Does it ever make sense rooster to deadhead to get that load instead of taking that uh, backhaul load at a cheaper rate? Oh, head haul covers the amount of fuel amount of, you know, money you're going to spend on the deadhead. It does make uh, economic sense to, 
especially, you know, if you hit a unicorn, you know, that's way over prime rate. You know, say, hey, I can, you know, deadhead from Miami to South Georgia or Miami to Jacksonville, grab this load and, hey, still make $1,000, $2,000 a bank. But, you know, that was $5 mile rate. Now with the situation we have with the, the rates are hitting below $2 in uh, or below $3 on the, the seven day average, you know, it's kind of, you got to kind of take your, take your choices right now a little bit more yeah. seriously. Yeah. I mean, I would want some dock intelligence or shipper intelligence. Yeah. Too. You know, I'm just picking this freight to get yeah. myself somewhere in for a penny out for a pound. You don't know if you're going to end up at some, you know, poorly, poor shitty dock. That's going to keep you there for hours on end or deliver. You know, it can, it may not be as easy as a you time think suck. Maybe right? they put some chickens on the back yeah. of the truck. Well, yeah, was, I was going to say, Rooster's oh, no. relatives had some tough times. T- some tough times. This wasn't. This was very close to us. Not too far from Rooster, I don't think. Look, let's take a look at this chicken truck that turned over in Chattanooga. Chattanooga Fire Department says uh, it took 90 minutes to get the truck driver out of this truck based on the way it had fallen. There was dead chicken carcasses spilled all over the road. Uh, apparently, it's hit a guardrail, and it flipped over the median right there. Um, it says right here, most chickens are deceased. Some are alive. A crew from the poultry processing company is headed to the scene to catch the live chickens and clean up the roadway. What's the messiest spill you've ever had, Rooster? Uh, going back to the days of having to manually unload Dollar General trailers, and you know they always st- stack the uh, heavy stuff on top of the light stuff and to keep the rats off. Uh, right? I just saw a picture on Reddit of more rats at uh, Dollar General. I can't no. verify. I'm not saying that necessarily there's Over in that St. Louis. It says there are rats at the Dollar General, DC. The one, in right. Saint, the one over in St. Louis or whatever. Wasn't it, it St. Be. Louis last time? I know Justin saw it. Yeah, he did. It's like a baby rat. It was There's crazy. rats everywhere. You can't avoid them. A you dead can't. baby. Yeah, it was like a oh, dead man. baby rat on some like water yeah. bottles. You know, our old our old uh, headquarters, freight, uh, Freightways headquarters, was right next to a chicken processing Yeah, plant. you can still smell that place oh, down gosh. here on the wrong Aye. day. Aye. The wind's Aye. going the wrong way. You had to hold your breath just to run the 10 feet from your car to the front door because you would just... Yeah, evacuate yourself. Right? Let's take a quick look at, at rates right here before we send everyone home. Uh, it's been a short week, so we haven't gotten a great chance to look at it. Uh, bring that chart up. It looks like, well, you know what? I'm looking at this right here. We had road check, and you can see that bump, and you can see Memorial Day, and they aren't big, and it fell right back down to, what, $1.98? Yeah, under two bucks. This is with fuel excluded, but this is under two bucks. And uh, if you looked at fuel, I drove by the gas station. It actually went up forty cents since a couple of days ago. The one next to me, both diesel really? and regular my, gas. My drop like twenty cents. Really? Over. Yeah. They're just wiling out there with people. They're it's just like going, making stuff up. I think they are. They're just like spinning this wheel, stupid. Rooster, what are you seeing <laughs> in the rates? Anything interesting? Well, uh, you guys talking about fuel going up? Well, the DOE fuel average actually went down about three cent. You know? Yeah, it's bizarre, it, uh, man. It's funny. It's gonna, it's, I, it's gonna be a little bit of a rough summer. I got a feeling fuel's gonna stay high. Oh yeah. Uh, going into the summer, rates might get stagnant. I'm gonna hate to say that. You know, that, that's kind of usually what happens during the summer until we start running in the running the fall freight and you know starting prep work on Christmas freight. You know, they've been sticky since uh, beginning week of May. The, the rate so far sitting down there in that two buck range sitting down there in two buck range but it's still going down and it's getting lower yeah. and lower I need some of the relief out there hey Justin what's trending online before we send you off uh, still got the uh, got truckers act uh, trending right now the guaranteed overtime for truckers yeah. you know just trying to get the word out for that you know people still trying to see whether they can get uh, truck drivers paid overtime Cool. Give the people what they need to know. Go to backthetruckup.com. Go to our Twitter at backthetruck. 
Find him at Super Trucker. Find uh, Rooster at RoosterBTU. Find me at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. And tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.